and welcome to Moving Acadiana, a podcast where we talk about a culture that, like a stick of butter in a hot pot, has melted into something beautiful. From great people to great food, from music that makes you dance to festivals that make you happy. And from time to time, we might also talk about our local real estate market. I'm your host, John Ray Perkins. Let's get moving. I'm here. How's it going, man? man? Okay, so I know that uh, podcast conversations should be timeless, uh, but here we are, what, 72 hours from the landfall of Hurricane Ida? Yes. I feel like I haven't slept oh, in 72 hours. I bet. But that's what Y'all are busy are. right now? <laughs> okay, that might have been some sarcasm. That's right. So, um, man, what's the number one question you're getting right now? Oh, gosh. Um how can I help? Mm-hmm. What can I do? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that speaks to the the human condition of like, especially down here. Yeah. Here we are in Cajun country. We're prone to disaster. We know what it's like to to get knocked down. Um, we here we are exactly a, almost a year from when Hurricane Laura yeah, made right landfall uh, on the other side. And we're used to jumping in and doing something. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I want to jump in and do something now. And I guess that's the hardest part. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, like, we had a we had our disaster team that went down to Homa yesterday. Um, and you, you'd think... We you weren't with them for uh, that, were you? I didn't jump in on that. I, I had several things that I had to stay back for. Sure. There's no communications down there. Yeah. And so as I was the, in Hammond Monday and like Basin Bridge on the way there, lost reception. Now on the way back, I picked up reception around Denham Springs. So obviously they are working to get things back up and running. But it all depends on your carrier too. And it depends on how bad you were hit. Baton Rouge, Denham Springs, yeah. not as bad as... Homa. Yes, indeed. Um, no, in, in, in order to, um, gosh, if you want to be in touch to, uh, to for donor calls, media calls, those kind of things, like you can't go down there. And that, that was part of the headache is that my team is down there all day long. They're assessing the need, which it's hard to say what is the most important need if you list them when everything is the most important. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. They went to the Homa Civic Center yesterday, which is being used as a shelter of last resort. The entire city is out of power. There's 150 folks inside the Homa Civic Center. That's out of power. The generator's out. There's a generator that runs the entire building, but you need water to cool the generator. There's no water. And so there's no That's running water, the generator's not working. My team walks into the Civic Center and literally turns the flashlight on their phone to see because it's so dark in there. And With there's 150, 150 folks people. in there. Absolutely. No no running restrooms. It's it's a disaster. Wow. But here we are in America. You'd think that the Calvary's gonna come in. Uh, it maybe the Calvary is is focused in other areas. I know that. I mean, this is this storm I, impacted a that's large right. and geographic I, I area. Would, I would. I think that meteorologists are going to look at what happened and they're going to look back and kind of posthumously, if you want to say this, they're going to upgrade this storm to a Category Five, which would be the strongest storm to ever make landfall in recorded history in Louisiana. Touching, I mean, it, it, make coming on sure, 
um, in an area, um, one that I love. I mean, I, de- deep south bayou, Louisiana, Grand Isle. I have some of the best memories I've had. Some great retreats out there. Gra- I mean, like life-changing experiences in Grand Isle. That took the brunt. Um, people stayed down there for that. Yeah, but that's that, crazy. It, it came up and it stayed at Category 4 all the way through Mississippi, which is insane. Insane. Yeah. And so all that to say... They're still figuring out what, what is the need what. Is. That's yeah. right. Uh, and, and so my team, they come down, um, and the, we we find out that not only do, is there a huge humanitarian need there. I know that they're they're in the like the the city planners are in the works of taking that shelter and moving folks to a place that, where there is power, but they need food. They need water at this point. People who stayed. Not only are they out of gas, but their ice chests are running low. Mm. And so we're working to put together those immediate needs. But when there's no communications in HOMA, you can't make those phone calls to find out what those needs are from the emergency operations center. You gotta wait till you get back to Lafayette to make those calls. And that's just the heart wrenching part about disaster is that we wanna move so quickly as human beings. But you, you're, you're forced to not because of things that you can't control. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't, I've been doing volunteer work with Catholic Charities and Rebuilding Together and all the things. And I will toot your for, for that. Well, we don't need to do that. But, <laughs> um, but I, I don't remember a storm that was as catastrophic as this one. No, we. Um, On such a large, you know, like I can remember Cameron like getting wiped out right by storms but this one wiped out places in so many different areas yeah like we've all been on an airplane before even on approach to a place like lafayette what you see from the from the window of that airplane you can't tell what's going on you can say oh that's my house oh that's my school that's my church but you can't see detail. Mm-hmm. So even, I know Congressman Garrett Graves has, has put some really great video out about uh, Lower Lafouche and, and, and Terrebonne Parish. It looks terrible from the air. Yeah. That's not the full of it. It's even worse on the ground. And I, so all, all that to say, like, we are going to be involved in a response there for a really long time. Yeah. You know, once, Years. once the cameras are gone, long after the cameras are gone. And so that's why it, it's so important for folks who are moved right now to jump in and to be a part of um, whether it's giving, giving money or whether it's doing a drive for the things that an organization like ours needs. It's so important to do that now because the resources that we put together in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have to budget off of that for the next six to eight years. Yeah, yeah, I can remember. Um, I can remember when we shut down our relief efforts after Hurricane Rita in oh, wow. 2011. By the way, we were starting to wrap them up in 2009. I think it was 2009. My my year might be off, but when um, Ike and Gustav came through, mm-hmm. and then we continued right. And I can almost guarantee you that there are people that 
never reached out or that fell through a crack or that, you know. Um, so talk about some of the ways that um, we're organized through Catholic Charities and all of our VOAD organizations. Um, it, 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 for, for somebody that's volunteered in and out for, you know, 20 years, it's impressive the, the level of organization today mm-hmm. and the things that we do as a VOAD and, and explain what VOAD too mm-hmm. is, um, that we do as a VOAD to ensure to the best of our ability that people aren't going to fall through the cracks. Yeah. So could you tell everybody about that? So it, having worked for Catholic Charities for many years, um, we train all year long in responding to disaster. And that's hard to train for. It's not like you're learning how to do surgery. A surgeon goes to school for eight years or more and then comes out and on day one knows how to do surgery. Mm-hmm. No disaster looks the same. Uh, you learn you learn as much as you can in the lead up and then, and then you, you execute as best as you can with the information you've got and with the situation and the circumstances. Um, but in traveling to disaster conferences and talking to people who respond to other disasters nationwide, whether it's floods, wildfires, or, or tornadoes, or whatever, um, people are very uh, envious, lovingly envious, uh, if, that's, if that's a phrase, sure. of our area. And it's because we have a, we've got a group here. Um, We've got a, a, a high-functioning VOAD, and I'll explain what VOAD is. VOAD is an acronym. Uh, VOAD stands for... The, Everything's an acronym. It is. <laughs> these days, gosh. Um, VOAD is the Volunteer Organizations Active in Disaster. And there typically is a VOAD in in uh, other areas, sure. in, in, in metropolitan areas, in, in, in other places. Um, but our VOAD is very well put together. We've got a really great plan to execute in disaster. And it's only because we've had to go through so many disasters. Unfortunately. You learn that when a disaster hits, it is a natural impulse to just go do. But what a terrible waste of resources when everyone goes out and just does and doesn't coordinate, doesn't figure out what you do best or what she does best or what they do best and really get in your lane um speak what to that if, a little bit like that's right if, if, if why you, would that be a waste i yeah. mean why if me and 20 of my neighbors just want to go run out that's right so why why is there a better way i'll give you an example um hurricane laura um close proximity to lafayette um the interstates opened up pretty quickly after the storm, mm-hmm. even with all of the, 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 just what happened and all the, this just the catastrophe that it is and was, um, you had a lot of folks who said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going cook, going cook. We're going feed. Um, and we're going to bring a trailer full of bottled water with us. Awesome. So they all show up. So for the fir- because the power was out for so long, uh, people had evacuated the city. Man, there there weren't a whole lot of folks who were actually living in Lake Charles. Nick Hunter, the mayor, said, "Listen, ninety-seven percent of the folks who are in Lake Charles right now are responders. Yeah, uh, it, it, people need to stay away." And so, there are just widespread reports of folks who went down there, cooked, served some folks, but then had a bunch of food that didn't get served because there were so many people there doing that. Um, 
it, great sentiment, great heart of folks to go do that. But if you're not coordinating, then everyone is doing everything and there's overlap and, and, and it becomes a waste. What if, what if you've got, what if you've got these folks who we can say, you go, you go cook. Mm-hmm. These folks can be doing a, um, a, maybe a supply distribution tarps and, um, personal hygiene effects and those kind of things. What if we've got these folks that are that are taking care of non-perishable food? What if we've got these that are putting together teams to go do the muck outs and do the tarping and do the chainsaw crew? And what if we talk about it before the disaster happens so that when the disaster happens, everyone's in their lane? Um, and then even this, I mean, I'm, and I'm experiencing this right now, we're getting calls from all over the United States about people who want to do things for us. And what can we do? What can we do? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want to keep talking about this organization because um, 2016, like where our VOAD has come since 2016, August 2016, we had a major flood in Lafayette, Louisiana. Yep. Uh, I can remember being, we were running volunteer crews, mucking out, you know, parishioners of St. Pius's homes and, and others that had, you know, reached out. And a lot like this crew was doing this and this and and i'm sitting in the voad meeting and we're scratching they're still scratching their heads like you know and and i can remember somebody posing the question like we've been doing disaster relief since 2005 with katrina and rita why do we not why do we continue to create the plan in disaster and i think that that spawned a, a conversation with a lot of new leadership in, in in the voad right some of that is you know a lot of that leadership is in Catholic charities. Um, not all of it. Not, not all of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there was a lot of new leadership at the table in 2016. And I think once we got through that disaster, the plan started to develop. And I started to watch this organization to fast forward to Barry, which is a non-disaster. That's right. Right. But there was a plan. Well, I can remember being out of state talking to you on the phone right. going, dude, listen, to like, look how organized we are, you know, and. It's the food that goes to waste. It's the people that get forgotten about. It's the loved ones that we're going to bring all of our friends and neighbors and school people and workers to work on their house and we're not going to finish. And then somebody forgot to get back to them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that that centralized organization is so important because of the distribution of the things and of the people, right? Yeah. And... That's always kind of what breaks my heart is in the, the first couple of weeks to a month after a disaster, you've got you got the goodwill, which I love. Um, people go and do things, and then eventually people go back to their former way of life. Mm-hmm. They, they have to. It, yeah. It, it, you get that. Not everybody gets to... Eventually my wife says, okay, I need a Saturday I where you're home. <laughs> um but if you're not coordinating with an organization that's going to be in it for the long haul, um, then quite possibly that person uh, that was didn't have strong family ties and, and, and was really relying on the nonprofit community to assist them in getting their life back together. We've heard stories about people who were waited years who said, man, they said they were coming back. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's not that a crew came in and intended to not come back. To not come back. They just 
they weren't communicating with an organization that was keeping track um, because when it becomes that long-term relief effort, it, it's it's usually a, a small number of organizations that are doing that grueling work. It's not sexy and it's it's it, it it's expensive. It's usually uh, skilled labor that's needed to do these kinds of things. But man, you just hate to hear of families that feel left behind mm-hmm. because somebody came in and cut out the sheetrock and they said, "Yeah, well, th- that next person's coming in," and they don't. Yeah, you know, I, I, I had that experience once uh, in in August of 2016, and it was years later. I had a parishioner walk up to me and say, "Hey, why, yo, why didn't y'all come?" And I mean, like, my heart sank. Yeah. And I was like, "What do you mean? Well, you said you were gonna come, and they but felt." I, but they, I didn't know. It, yeah. No. 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 Well, unfortunately, no. I'm gonna own that one. Like okay. we we knew, but we weren't organized, right? And and somebody got missed and fell through the cracks because we weren't organized at the level of a VOAD. Had we been able to send that list to OAT, we could have still serviced them, but they would have been on somebody else's list. So they wouldn't have fell through the cracks, you know? Um, So talk a little bit about how y'all organize that distribution of things. And, you know, I mean, and and we're going to kind of start getting into how can people get involved. Well, looking through the fog right now, um, you figure out what those essential needs are, uh, which right now, it, down in that part of the country, it's, it's, it's the essentials, it's food and water yeah. um, and, and uh, initial supplies. But you identify, the organization identifies distribution points. Preferably, there will be several in several parts of the city because if you've got somebody who stayed for the storm, uh, they don't have gas in their vehicle. Yeah. They, they're, either, no, they're either walking or they're relying on a neighbor to go and get things for them. Because um, you can't expect an organization to go tarp every roof. Sometimes you've got folks that have able-bodied members of the family that can tarp it themselves. And so you do supply distributions. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I guess, the listeners just kind of think about, this is the end of August, early September in Louisiana. You're air conditioner is not working because the power is out. If you've got a generator, you might be low on gas. And even if you do have a generator, most of, mostly you're, you're running a fan in it. So you've been camping in your house. in Which probably has a hole in the roof, if right. it has a roof. That's right. Uh, and so the bugs are thick. It's, it's, it's hard. Um, you don't have running water. And by the way, your bodily functions still happen. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And so um, these essential supplies, uh, water, food, uh, a way to secure your your dwelling, those kind of things are, are, are where we're going to hopefully set up these distribution points very soon. Um, like I said earlier, communications are tough down there. Um, but we've, we're going to work through those issues and get that set up. So um, the supply drives that are being done locally right now, um, those will culminate in the next week or so. And by that time, I am confident that we will have distribution points set up. Um, if it's anything like Hurricane Laura, you know, you got folks around here with trucks and trailers um, which is great because we have, you know, you get warehouse space that where you've got the supplies that are put in there and then you can run, you can pack a trailer 
and say, here, you run to this distribution point. You drop it off. We have volunteers that are there as kind of team leads that can assist with the distribution, and you come back. That's, that is a... Um, how do I say that? Um, that that is just a real world um, need and solution. Yeah, right there, pairing uh, the goodwill of folks in our area to do something as simple as taking a taking a truck haul. I call them hot shot rides. You know, <laughs> take an industry term there. So I'm going to hot shot stuff from here to there. Yep. Um, and and, and y'all have yeah. identified the places are, are, are in the early process. As I was talking We're, to yes. Hart earlier, and I know that there are a couple of spots where he's already identified some food yes. distribution points. Yes. Um, so, you know, you mentioned that it's not all Catholic charities. So, like, what are some other big players in the VOAD here locally? Um, because everybody kind of brings a unique skill set and gift to the table you know yeah absolutely um so just the churches um that that have their congregations that are ready to be trained and sent out as actual volunteers boots on the ground volunteers excuse me um the second harvest food bank um Mm -hmm. they are non-perishable food bottled water they have um, a a ton of warehouse space here they can take palletized food that comes in from the big trucks okay so any calls that i get about food donations that are coming in sending them straight there um, we've got uh, United Way, uh, which uh, does a lot of in-kind donation um, management, volunteer management. Um, there's Goodwill of Acadiana. You've got Thrift Clothes. You've got things like that. Deacon Ed Bustani. Um, they are our Goodwill partner for clothing. Um, and you want to make sure that there's a need for these things down there sure. before you send them down there. Sure. Um, gosh. I, I, so so you, you, you mentioned Goodwill. Um, yeah. And, and I, I want to go there because I get yeah. this question a lot. Like, hey, we got a bunch of clothes that we want to donate, right? Who's doing a, um, a clothing drive? And, you know, I mean, you and I know that most of our volunteer organizations don't do clothing drives. And I've heard that there's a reluctancy, um, you know, I don't want to go, just go give it to Goodwill. Uh, let's talk about it. Yeah. So, so talk about exactly what Goodwill does with the clothing, because yes. it's huge because a clothing, you got to sort all that stuff. You got to go yes. ahead. Yes. So Catholic Charities of Acadiana at one time in history had a thrift store. Oh, okay. see, I didn't know that. We had a thrift store. Uh, this was well before my time, but what I know about thrift stores or having a thrift operation is you need buku square footage and you need lots of volunteers because when people start bringing you the clothing that they're not using anymore, it often comes in huge bags and you've got to sort it and you've got to figure out what's good and what's not. Men's sizes, women's sizes, all, kids, all of it. small, large, extra. Every, every bit. Um, and so we, in, moving a little quicker into, into more today, we needed that space for something else. Um, and so we just realized as an organization, like, what, what are we good at? What do we do well? And where are the things that we're doing overlapping with someone else that might be doing it really well? And so, A, we realized we didn't do thrift clothing very well. And B, our partners... In, right here in town, Goodwill of Acadiana had a great, high-functioning thrift clothes operation. Locations all over Acadiana. Um, 
and and so if we if why we had thrift clothing is because we had clients who needed clothing if we just made an agreement with goodwill that our clients would have their needs met through goodwill in a dignified manner i.e our folks have get vouchers to go and shop for themselves just like you and i would go shop but their needs are taken care of yep like that is that is maintaining their human dignity and that's taking care of their essential needs and so once in a disaster when we qualify an individual who has a need that's right they're going to get a clothing voucher and they're going to be able to go to their local good goodwill or maybe even a goodwill distribution point if there's not a goodwill around absolutely yeah and that's beautiful and so um yeah i love addressing that misconception because goodwill is a fantastic organization they are a great partner um and what they do with their jobs programs and 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 all that goodwill does it's a fantastic service for those in the community that are in need of that. Yeah. And so, man, I direct all of our thrift donations. People come to us saying they have they have clothes and they want it to go to people who are who are suffering. Take it to Goodwill. Yep. Because like the other side is if you've got clothes and you say, man, I really want these clothes to go to somebody who's experiencing homelessness. If you find somebody who is in that crisis and you drop clothes off on the side of the road for them. Often the next day, those clothes are still going to be sitting there because the truth about somebody who's in a crisis um, is that they're going to take with them what is what is vitally necessary. Mm. Um, they they carry their their entire belongings on their back or in a bag, and that's it. Yep. And so, man, like let's cut down on the waste. Let's let's take care of folks who are who are in need through this channel through this way. Now let's take care of Goodwill and and like kind of salute them for being the partner that they are. Sure. So um, I am in an email chain right now with our uh, with our Knights of Columbus at St. Pius. Yes. Um, and I talked to Hart earlier. So let's talk about some ways that people can get involved. Yes. Um, I know that they are in the process. Um, maybe even have a location now um, for food distribution and cooking and whatnot. Um, I know we're rallying up some of our local nights. Um, um, so how, if somebody wants to cook or if they want to donate food or um, let's talk about each like little specific thing. Yes. How, how, how do we get involved in that? So this early in the process, we are trying to identify those those areas where we're not just sending folks willy nilly down there. Sure. We want to have a we want to have and a direct ask. Do do we have complete permission to access with volunteers yet because i remember earlier this week and maybe we do now earlier this week the authorities were saying don't come don't come we're going to yeah, send you away before they before they they make sure that the roads are cleared and they the the power lines are all taken out of the road sure. and it's safe to be down there um we're getting to that point okay um we're hoping to have very soon um I, like volunteer opportunities for both individuals and teams uh, where we would give you addresses. We would have times for you to be there. Um, teams are great because we know how many people are coming down. Uh, but it's this early in a disaster. It is just it's still such a fog. Yeah. Um, and so I like I'm thinking at the time that we're recording right now, once this hits the airwaves, there's going to be like volunteer opportunities available through Catholic Charities of Acadiana. Um, 
where can they find those yeah. volunteer opportunities? So we're going to have them on the front page of catholiccharitiesacadiana.org. Okay. Um, I'll put that link in the description yeah, as well. Absolutely. Um, but as for right now, man, um, it, it just it remains to be seen what those exact needs are going to be because we want to make sure it is we're sending you down there uh, with, with a specific purpose. Driving down there, it, it taking an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes to get down there to figure out that, the, that you're not needed in the area that you are. That's that's not cool. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, so if they want to get involved in food distribution or mucking out a house or yeah. chainsawing or um, all those things, they go to the website. They so, can sign yeah, up there. For right now, we've got a form um, where we're kind of warehousing your desire. Yep. Um, you've got a desire through your school to do an in-kind supply drive. That was going to be my next question. We, we want to know who you are. We want to know what you're and, and we're going to reach back out to you. We're going to give you a specific list of the things that we need. Okay. And let's say your desire is to do a bottled water drive. Fantastic. We're going to redirect you to our VOAD partner, Second Harvest Food Bank. Okay. Let we're, we're going to have you co- co- uh, communicate directly with them uh, so that they can make sure they've got the warehouse space and, and do all those things. Um, if, if you want to do a, um, let's say, like a baby supply drive, we're going to put you through to a VOAD partner that's going to handle those things directly. Okay. Um, but um, that form, if, you, if you've got... A, an in-kind supply drive that you're doing, if you've got a team that wants to cook, if you're a restaurant that wants to supply food, if you, um, gosh, if, if y'all want to do like boots on the ground, mucking out, those kind of things, we just need to know who you are so that when we're ready, we can reach out and, and plug you straight in. Sure. We're just asking the public to be patient right now. Yep. While we while we work through these disaster, uh, you know, circumstances. So, and I want to repeat something that you said earlier. You know, um, this is a long term recovery yeah. effort. You know, yeah. right now we're in the the sprint of assessing and figuring out what is needed and how we get down there. This is years. So yeah. for all of you who are like, man, I want, I just, I need to do something. There's going to be work. And you kind of alluded to this in, in two, three weeks, our local news media even is not going to be talking about this and there's still going to be huge need. So know that this, you know, go sign up yeah. because you're going to start getting the emails as the needs continue and they're going to continue for years to come. It's like raising your hand. Mm-hmm. That's all we're asking. Like raise your hand right now and just like, Hey, just hold tight. Um, but when the, when the volunteer, uh, opportunities are available, we're going to try to make them as clear cut as possible. Yep. Um, and, and those are the, the ones that I've talked about either doing a, a muck out crew or tarping a roof or helping with uh, clearing people's driveways with a chainsaw. Those are one thing. We are more than likely going to have volunteer opportunities here in town as well. Sure. Catholic Charities of Acadiana, um, we're going to be providing a ton of uh, logistical uh, coordination for our friends down there because right now they, they just can't do it for themselves and I would hope that if we took a direct hit right up Vermilion Bay um, and we were taken out that our friends on the side would be doing the same thing for us yes um, and so uh, we're gonna have warehouse opportunities we're gonna have driving opportunities we may have opportunities for folks to work 
where they are uh, in, in jumping in and responding, either making phone calls or, or, or working through our spreadsheet in, in maintaining contact with the people that want to help. These are the things that, that can overwhelm disaster responders yeah. like us. Um, you don't want somebody reaching out and feeling like we don't care or feeling like we didn't get your message, but it's hard to know how overwhelming it is when you're in the thick of it. Yeah. And and you're reaching out from Washington State or, or from the Northeast, and you're like, well, I guess those people don't care. Oh, no, we do. Um, we just, and that's why we, we try our best to do auto responders. You it's know, the crisis. Responders it's on, it's yes. the crisis in the midst of the crisis, right? I know. How many times have you charged your cell phone today? Uh, many. <laughs> I know when we sat down, the first thing you did was plug it in. <laughs> that's right. And it's still plugged in right yep. now. So, um, uh, one thing that I also thought about, I think that is important, you know, I, I don't think a lot of our people know that is, you know, we're talking about the importance of looking at BOAD, you know, all the organizations to raise your hand. The national organizations look at our BOAD to know what to do. So like, you know, those big um, Red Cross and yeah. FEMA and I mean, y'all were sitting at the table with Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. I saw some pictures where, you know, Bishop celebrated a mass mm-hmm. before, like the national organizations or they find out what to do and work in conjunction through our VOAD so that when they leave, there's a list yep. and people don't fall through the cracks. So just so important to plug in. What if I don't want to volunteer? I, I don't have time to volunteer. I'm busy. I got a bunch of kids, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I work 24 yep. hours a day, seven days a week. What if I'm somebody listening out of state right now and I, I can't, just can't get down here? What yeah, can I do? You've got you've got the, the time and resources uh, equation. I think about folks in college, okay? Uh, they got a big heart, man. They want to jump in. They got all the time in the world, but they, if they're anything like I was in college, <laughs> you, you didn't have enough money to, to afford your McDonald's. You sure. Know what I'm talking about? Um, we so, sold plasma to go get McDonald's. That, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, that, that wasn't just me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The, um, the, like, if you're in that stage of life, we're going to have volunteer opportunities for you. You you get to another stage in your life where you're like, may I got three kids. Um, they're in a hundred different things. I've got more resources available to offer than my time. Um, it is it is super important to know in a disaster, especially one of this magnitude, a monetary donation could be the most compassionate thing that you do um, in order to meet the just that need that is so pressing. We're we're going to raise money in this time and after a few weeks that fundraising is going to fall off it's going to completely fall off and an organization like ours is going to use what we raised in two or three weeks and we're going to budget that for the next six to eight years and of course it's never enough but um Donating to an organization that is directly responding allows us to be nimble and to make essential purchases locally, often in a in an economy like ours that is struggling because of the disaster. Let's remember that we are still responding to other disasters and we're in a worldwide pandemic. And so sure. nothing is nothing is, is certain here in South Louisiana. But um, 
you don't have to warehouse. And we still have two months of hurricane season. That's it's true. We're, it's early. Um, you don't have to warehouse a monetary donation. Um, but if somebody sends in uh, 16 truckloads of bottled water, I can't tell you that that's going to be our need in three weeks. And then I have to find warehouse space for that. Yeah. Uh, but giving an organization uh, the ability to make those purchases and to and to invest in areas in those hard hit areas where it's needed most, um, especially after all the help is gone and you realize, man, you've got, let's say, an elderly lady who needs to replace a front door. Um, I don't have anybody stepping up right now to 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 donate a, a front door kit, um, but that's where your cash donation comes in to help that lady who has no family and who is elderly and disabled. Yeah. Um, so making that donation and doing that by texting the word relief to seven nine seven nine seven nine. That's that. That's an easy way to make a tax deductible donation that is that is designated for this specific disaster relief effort. Mm. Yeah. So the, I mean, both your time, um, your your you know um, your your gifts. Yeah. Because they have some skilled laborers, um, and your your money. All those things are needed right now, and in the years to come. That's I, right. I just wish you know, especially you you mentioned the pandemic and. All, just all the negativity that we hear out there. Yeah. I wish the national media would keep their cameras down here because these people that we're part of, our people, um, their their hearts are just so big, you yeah. know. So it's it's, a, it's true. And um, I've reached out to my national media partners, folks that I've developed relationships with over the years, and um, I think the cameras are still here because it, it, it is a it is a current humanitarian disaster in all areas in New Orleans down through through the bayou. Yep. Uh, it, we live in a, in a in a day and age where um, we should be able to to provide quicker uh, yeah. for folks, but that's just. In a disaster, it's it's unfortunate, but you can't do that. And so, thank like I'm I appreciate the fact that they're covering it, and I want them to continue covering it. But there's um, th- there's that direct correlation when the cameras stop, uh, people think that everything everything's is fine good. and dandy. Um, and so, um, last week I went to Houston and uh, drove back well i mean drove from here to there and yeah. back um and did you have your blue light glasses on uh with all the blue when i went through saw, yeah when i went through yeah. lake charles yeah. there's still blue tarps everywhere like everywhere and so you know and and dark city yeah and the cameras were turned off and everybody forgot yeah so and mayor nick hunter uh in in lake charles um he has done such a great job at, 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 at trying to um, address that on a federal level and lobbying the White House to send more federal aid. Um, that's, that's one of the misconceptions is that, you know, FEMA comes in and um, and declares, does does a declaration for individual assistance and, man, everyone's brought back to, to find health. But that it's just it's it's never the case. Yeah. Um, not to say that people don't get their lives back on on on, you know, track. But there's always folks who fall within the cracks, and that's where the nonprofit community and the churches and the folks who are involved in community building, uh, they have to do that hard, long work. Um, man, I wasn't paying attention back with Katrina and Rita. Um, I was in another place, but I, you, you now look and see there, there are people who are just so prone to suffering mm-hmm. because of poverty, because of a lack of connection. Um, 
like others may not be. Yeah. And that's why an organization like Catholic Charities of Acadiana is involved in disaster work because, man, um, you are prone to suffer at a disproportionate level if you lack those natural connects. Yeah. Um, another thing that I would like to highlight to everybody listening, um, you know, is the fact that people have lost houses. Um, and, I mean, there are no houses in our market, yeah. right, for sale. Yeah. Um, like, I, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the real estate market. Yes, absolutely have. And yesterday I ran a search on rentals. There oh. are 35 rentals in our entire market. As of yesterday morning, they're, they've probably been swallowed up. And so I say that to say this. Um, if you have a camp, maybe you have a camp on Bayou Catabla that's vacant or a camp, you know, somewhere that was not affected. Maybe you have a mother-in-law or a pool house or or maybe you have an empty house that you inherited or whatever, um, hey, feel free to contact me. Um, I'll help you help a family. Like, um, you know, free of charge, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can because so many people are displaced right now who are looking for houses. And I, th- I think I heard that there are literally no hotel rooms no, in Lafayette. No, it's um, not just Lafayette. It's all the, all the outlying areas, neighboring yep. areas, all the way up through Alexandria and beyond. Yep. Nope. So a lot, some of these people may be staying in their broken houses with no, because they can't find a place. So Or staying in their cars. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the need is real and it's so much bigger, I think, than we can comprehend. I want to end with a quote. Um, so I mentioned, you know, we did Rita relief and, uh, and when we were wrapping up that project, um, and you know, we knew that this was going to be the last year. I think we had even scheduled a like end of Rita work, whatever. Right. Um, we were going to have like a supper, um, three weeks later, Ike and Gustav came through, you know, whichever one came through first and second. And um, I can remember watching the news, and I think this kind of sums up our people. Um, there was a guy from Delcom who was being interviewed, and um, and with tears and a shaky voice, he said, uh, today we cry, and tomorrow we rebuild. You know, and I think that sums up the people in our area. That sums up our culture. You know, um, disaster strike. And because of the generosity and the good hearts and the way that we love, um, we rebuild and, and we move on. And so I want to thank everybody who has that big heart, who has already been generous. Um, and, you know, reach out to Catholic Charities um, to get involved. Reach out to me if you can't get in touch with them. If somebody has a loved one, down south who doesn't have a roof and nobody to help Um, isn't there a phone number they can call I know that at this point we're asking folks in their respective parishes to reach out to their OEP which is Office of Emergency Preparedness okay Uh, how would they find that information like if I'm a resident in Lafayette and I have a family and a family member in uh, in in Homa that would be searching the Terrebonne OEP Office of of Emergency Preparedness Um, the municipality uh, gathers the damage reports okay and then they share that with with the partners and people jump in and say, I'll take this one. I'll take these 10. Okay, perfect. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, I knew that there was an organized way. I just didn't know how. Yeah. And I've gotten that question a couple of times. Yeah. So, cool. Um, is there anything else you want to no, leave us with? Great. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for talking. Thanks for what y'all do. All right, everybody. Uh, have a great day. <laughs>